Welcome to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with April J. Ford. April has faced adversity in her life, such as childhood sexual abuse and becoming a widow and a single parent at 32. Through all of her challenges, she has managed to rise above them and conquer her life. She'll help you to do the same. Now, here is your host, April Ford. Welcome to You're Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. I'm your host, April J. Ford. I'm excited about our episode today on Profit for Your Passions with Sharita Herring. But before I bring her on, I wanted to say a warm hello of gratitude to all of our You Are Not Alone listeners out there globally. And just to name a few, of course, here in the United States, Australia, France, Mexico, Russia, Vietnam, Poland, Brazil, Argentina, Israel, Norway, and I forget to mention your country, go ahead and find me on Facebook at April J. Ford or author April J. Ford, and I'll make sure to miss, uh, mention you guys on the next broadcast. So I offer this show as an example for people who may feel alone during adversity that they are not alone. Loneliness has been an overriding theme of my life and the challenge I've had to overcome. Your journey called life is filled with happiness, success, fulfillment, and even disappointments and adversities. I created a formula in four steps on how to create a blueprint to rise above life's challenges. These four steps are recognize, respond, reevaluate, and rebalance. This blueprint guides you on finding who you are and how to handle the challenges that you're facing. And this is how you will transition and transform into who you're truly meant to be. I believe on taking a holistic approach on implementing the four steps. So this show will bring on expert guests focused on empowerment. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you are not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered at our new time every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, live here on Voice America. So oftentimes, when life throws us a curveball, it redirects our path towards finding our passion and purpose. Some people fear going down this path because they, you know, fear that there's no profit in their passions and it should just be a hobby. If you're questioning how to turn your passions into profits, I've invited one of my very personal business mentors, Sharita Herring, who is an expert in this field. Sharita is an astute speaker, best-selling author, radio personality, business strategist, and former city council candidate. Sharita continuously provides economic and business strategies for municipalities, schools, churches, business owners, and nonprofits. She has coached and mentored top global leaders, celebrities, and athletes, just to name a few, such as the former president of Mexico, Vincente Fox, UN Ambassador Byron Blake, Oscar winner Hilary Swank, NBA star Jalen Rose, NFL great Jim Brown, civil rights leader Merle Evers, film producer Bill Duke, comedian Anthony Anderson, and others. Through her skilled facilitation, she helps individuals find profit for their passions And over the past 20 years, she has established over 600 businesses while raising over $30 million in funding. She has been honored and featured with some of the great top Renaissance women in the world, including the First Lady Michelle Obama, Maya Angelou, Coretta Scott King, Shaka Khan, and just to name a few. I am so honored to bring Sharita Herring with us today. Welcome, Sharita. Thank you, April, for having me on. I really, really am excited about the show. 
and excited to hear all the wonderful things that you've been doing. I keep up with you, girl. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. You're one of our, our fans on You Are Not Alone. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted, yes, well, thank you again. Yeah, I wanted to share with our listeners, Sharita, you know, I, I have this personal fascination on how people, you know, became who they are today, you know, because we all know that along with success comes with a lot of challenges and adversity. So share with our listeners today, who was Sharita before this immaculate, you know, resume that I introduced them with? (laughs) Well, in actuality, April, I've always done what I do, which is focused on community. How can I empower others? And, And that's one of the things that I also teach, that it's not that we all of a sudden decided to start doing something And when I started tracking back with myself from, uh, you know, even even myself as far as helping to raise dollars, finding profit for passion, when I was in high school, I I was helping to address what was going on in school and looking at how we can raise dollars to do it. You know, I love speaking and, and empowering individuals. When I was in school, we were looking at strategies to help even individuals that were probably under underachievers. And mm-hmm. so we keep repeating our pattern. And so I've always done this. It's just now because as an adult and I learned how to expand what I do, the notoriety came. But I've always been who I am. And I, uh, I'm saying that to say that your listening audience, whatever they continue to gravitate to, that's who they are, and there's, and that's why we're talking about profit for your passion, because I like to help people focus on what do you eat, sleep, and drink? You know, what is it that you love that you are not monetizing? And that's what we're talking about today is how they can also monetize. So mm-hmm. that's a long answer, but I've always done what I do. I'm right. just now recognized for it. <laughs> right, right. And I think that's one of the um, key takeaways that I learned from you as my mentors that as we – you know, when I was transi- transitioning out of a career from the corporate world to an entrepreneur, it was some of the same questions you're asking. Well, what is it that you've been doing? What is it that you love to do? What did you gravitate towards? Because it's almost like you said it was a cloth or a blueprint that, you know, that we left in our past. And it's up to us to connect the dots to move forward. But what were some of the challenges can you share um, with yourself when you were developing your business and helping others? What are some of the common challenges that you see on this path? Well, the main thing at first April was not truly seeing me. See, it took someone that was looking through my yearbook mm. and pointed out, Sharita, do, do you see that you're doing the same thing that you've always done? You know, because, see, we don't see ourselves. We're in the frame. Mm-hmm. As, and Les Brown, you've heard him speak a number yeah. of times. He <laughs> says it better than anyone I've ever heard. Oftentimes we don't see ourselves because we're in the frame. So right. we have to sometimes take, grab onto that frame like it's a, a mirror, you know, a frame around a picture, and turn and look at yourself in the mirror. And that's what I had to do, April. I looked at myself, and I started realizing what I keep repeating in my life, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. I did is I learned how to start using my skill sets and how do I now help others? See, when you focus on not where is the money and how much can you make, but just focus on strategically identifying who you are and what you do and what works, what are your habits. And when you start focusing on that, whether you call it God, the universe, or whatever, it will start lining up 
and it becomes easier. But so often, April, we're so caught up in just the everyday making the dollar. What do we do next that we tend to not look at ourselves? Right. And when you stop and start focusing, it, get, it becomes clearer. Right. And you also brought up another good point of reference of how somebody brought to your attention or your awareness of, you know, do you even see yourself doing this? And and, and mm-hmm. I'm such a big advocate of having a coach or a mentor because they can collapse the timeframes to your success. And, and working with yeah. you, you were, you know, even I'll put myself on the hot seat for a second of saying, you know, you're in the frame, April, and you can't see yourself doing X, Y, and Z. And sometimes we do need somebody to hold the mirror for us so that we can see. Uh-huh. Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so often, too, you, you, you also mentioned something that I wanted to, to uh, piggyback on. So often we do not have mentors. And I recommend that everyone identify someone that can be your mentor. Oftentimes we have mentors in our life, but because we just talk to them on a regular basis and maybe they've been someone that we're affiliated with, we don't see them as a mentor, but they're constantly coaching us or we call them for advice. Call them that. Recognize that that's who they are, and you will see even more the value that comes out of those individuals because you need someone that has walked a path where even if it's just right in front of you, so, you know, if someone's right in front of you and there's a car coming and they stop you because you're stepping out on the curb, the fact that they were three seconds ahead of you saved your life. And right. so we've got to look at, they don't have to be someone 30 years older. They can be someone that's been in your industry or at least in an area where you just moved a year before you. So right. recognize right. the assets that, of, of individuals that are in your life. Right, and I think that's a good point when you said, you know, people don't have to, quote-unquote, have a, a formal mentorship, you know, program to hire somebody. It could be formal, informal, um, direct or indirect if you just model after, you know, somebody, whether it's their their values in their life or the decisions that they're making or maybe it's a business model. It, it can, right. you know, having that, quote-unquote, mentor or coach can mean um, different, you know, different meanings um, throughout your life. Right. And, Areas exactly. of your life. Yeah. Exactly. So what did you mean, Sharita, when, when people hear the phrase profit for your passions? Well, again, when something keeps showing up in you, then that, the way I look at it, that's something that God planted in me probably even before, most likely before I even came through the birth canal. And I just eat, sleep, and drink it. There's no way that the universe would have given you something would have planted something so deep that you can't also live from it, you know, make profit from it and be in it every day as a business. And again, that's one of the things that I teach is when you identify really what drives you, what really makes you tick, what gives you satisfaction, what, what makes your eyes twinkle, there's profit for that, whether it's dog walking, collecting rocks, or being an engineer. So that's what we specialize in is helping individuals to to gain that profit. Now, April, your show is about helping individuals that are dealing with loneliness. Well, and a lot of times when I'm talking about that profit, even though I show businesses how to create multiple revenue streams and fee for service, mm-hmm. in this aspect I'm talking about grants. If you just on your computer for your listeners, if they just go I always search in Google, I find it better results. But if they type in grants, comma, loneliness, just look at the funders that come up. 
April, there's funding to cover you from your radio show talking about loneliness to even speaking to women and individuals about loneliness. And so if someone is a dog walker, now they're probably walking past homes and people look at them saying, well, those individuals, you know, God, whoever pays them to walk their dog while they're at work or whatever, they must make a lot of money. And that dog walker is probably only working with individuals that can afford to pay them quite a bit of money. But what they don't realize is that they may be walking past homes that are people that have dogs that are seniors or they have service dogs or maybe, let's say it's someone like myself and I'm down for the next six weeks because I've had surgery. Well, that same dog walker could be getting grants to help those individuals that normally could not afford to pay him or her. But we haven't looked at all the avenues of funding that's available to also touch someone's life and to make a difference. Okay. Well, let's do this. Let's go ahead and take our first commercial break. And when we come back, I'd like for Sharita to expand more on, you know, what are the differences between a for-profit company and a non-profit organization? And can, can you really have both? And how do you manage to do both? So when we come back, I'll have Sharita address some of those um, questions for us. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. When is the last time you saw sparkles of life in your day? Each day holds a treasure, the extra in the ordinary. It is too easy to miss them because they're familiar and we take them for granted. If you want to add sparkle to your day, listen to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. She offers a new way to view the world and to discover your own Mighty Gems in daily life. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Dietta Jones, and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com tuned into you are not alone to reach april j ford or her guest on today's program you may call in to 1-888-346-9141 again that's 1-888-346-9141 
If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford, and I brought on one of my personal business mentors today, Sharita Herring, and our segment is Profit for Your Passions. I wanted to invite her because, you know, oftentimes when life throws us a curveball, it redirects our path towards, you know, finding what our true purpose and passion in life is. But oftentimes we get a little, you know, fearful of going down this path because we fear of the unknown and we don't think it has any profits um, to go down the path of pursuing, you know, what our rule, you know, real passion and purpose is. And just before the break, I had Sharita explain, you know, is there profit for our passions and how do we go down the path of discovery and finding what that is? And Sharita, you know, just before the break, you just said, you know, it's really self-discovering, you know, what is it that's deeply within you that keeps reoccurring and showing up? You know, what are you basically eating, sleeping, and breathing, constantly thinking? Um, How do we, when a lot, you get a lot of questions from um, people online and offline about having a for-profit company and a non-profit. Can you speak on that a little bit more? Well, you know, I always kind of say, follow what the big boys are doing. You know, Target is a major, major corporation, Right. Mm -hmm. But, April, they also have a foundation. Target gives about $4 million a week in grant funding. You have so, and and so that alone, I mean, that's a representation of having a for-profit and a non-profit company. There are a lot of uh, small, you see a lot of celebrities now, uh, like I coached Hillary Swank, and she was wondering how to have a for-profit and a non-profit. You can have both. There's even opportunities for them to collaborate, but most people just don't know that. So um, there's just there's so much that's available. April, if you don't mind me just kind of jumping off for a moment, you mentioned how did how do I do what I do? What made me start? Mm-hmm. And I try and encourage people to look at themselves. You yourself, April, you could have taken your loneliness an entirely different direction. But you have taken it into not only a business and not just to make it a business, but you knew that there were others that were dealing with what you dealt with. And so you've addressed it in another way. And I'm pointing this out, April, because you've probably always been that way. If you were at the workplace, you were probably the one to look at, okay, how do we address this and what can we do differently? Probably as a young girl, you were probably that one even on the playground. If something was happening, if a ball busted, you were probably the one that thought of something else to do instead of just moaning that the ball has now burst or went over the fence. Yeah, how do we make things better, right? Exactly. That's who you are. And, And that's why I say... When you asked that question, I wanted to make sure and go back to that even about yourself because, because here you are now an author and radio personality and touching people all over the world that are dealing with loneliness when you could have gone into a shell, but you came out as who you are and did something to make it better and to right. also touch others' lives. So I wanted to give you kudos for that because it, it, it says who you are but at the same time, it's any time when you are being who you are, when you are truly operating in your passion, when you're operating from what your calling is, it can't help but help someone else. And that's why I'm saying if you're doing what you love, it could be even someone that loves tires 
but you best believe that he's loving those tires, changing those tires, but telling people how to stay safe. And he would draw you in talking about that even if you don't love tires because now you're talking soul to soul. It's not about the tires. It's about the energy that we, that we exude when we're in our passions. And with passion comes finance. And with faith comes finance. So that's why I say don't focus on the money. That's the byproduct of operating in who you are and walking in your truth and loving what you do. All right. I I completely believe in that, and I'm glad you pointed that out. And I just want to encourage the listeners out there to add on to your points is really just taking one small step, you know, in faith or reaching out to a network like this of really exploring, you know, what's possible um, out there. Because I do feel that when we're in a situation or circumstance, life throws us a curveball or an adversity, you know, sometimes we are crushed and maybe paralyzed by fear and and we don't rely on our true strengths and our passions and who we mm-hmm. really are inside. And, and like you mm-hmm. said, it's it, sometimes we really have to step out of our own way or have somebody else hold our hand, you know, one step at a time and look from the outside in and help us along the way. Right, right. You know, because when we start in on what we love, like today, April, I had, I've been sick all day. I mean, I had to cut appointments, everything. I'm truly sick to my stomach and haven't been able to keep anything on my stomach. And, but I said, well, no, see, with the power of technology, that's another thing about individuals learning how to take their business global via mm-hmm. technology. You and I are still able to do this, but I'm feeling better at this moment because you have me talking about what drives me. Right. So I'm right. not even feeling queasy to my stomach right now. At this time, I'm, I'm, until mentioning it to you, see, you will forget your woes, your woe is me's and all of that. Right. You don't have that as often when you're in your passion. Right. You know, I, I've, learned, I've that heard way. that story, too, and I've gone through it my personal self. I mean, I've heard from, you know, artists out there who are going to be performing with thousands of crowds. They're, they're about to take the stage to sing and perform, and they've had the flu or the whole day. But once they hit that stage, it's almost like you said, you're operating in a different zone and a vibe, and you're within your flow. And I experienced that actually a couple months ago or three months ago when I had to do a media appearance to be on TV. You know, I didn't get any sleep the night before. I was mm-hmm. tired and, you know, all these emotions were running havoc within me. But as soon as I hit that set, I, it was just completely a different person when I'm talking, yeah, yeah. you know, talking about you know, you know, helping other people. That's, that's the wonderful thing about how the brain releases the certain, whatever they're called, for you to jump into action, mm-hmm. you know, uh, your your passions feed you like that too, and right. that's why so often when you have entrepreneurs like you and I, and we're we're working in our passions, we we can work until the the you know the early morning hours, and have been working all day. Where if we were working in a job, that end of it, and and you're just there for the check, and can't wait to get home. By five o'clock, you're watching the time, and you and you're dead tired. Where when you're in your passion, those hours fly by and you're looking and saying, wow, you know, that's, that's just how it works. And so, again, the, the profit for your passion, that's, that's where that comes in because there's funding for everything. If you, if you collect rocks, there's funding for it. If, if you're talking to couples about dealing with, with menopause and, and 
hot flashes and midlife crisis. There's funding for it. Um, so it doesn't matter your industry or your program or your service. There is profit for your passion. Well, how do we, you know, if somebody's new to this and they're exploring down the path, if they already have a for-profit or they're just starting, how would they know which model to pursue? Like like we talked about, you know, Hillary Swank wanted to have both for-profit and a non-profit. How do you know which avenue to pursue and how do you manage both having two, two businesses of for-profit well, and non-profit? Operating from your gut, which is what is your passion. See, she was asking about the nonprofit side for her passion, which is animals and specifically dogs. Okay. And so the, the, the Kill Center in L.A., they, they text Hillary Swank before they even put down dogs. She saved thousands of dogs. And so that's her focus. So, mm-hmm. so again, focus on what is it that you love, what it is that you would like to do, and the direction will follow the uh, it, it's almost like how I, I tell the story often you know when you're really doing something it, you'll be amazed at, at what comes to you and at what time I was going to go and speak at an event in Kansas City and I was rushing that day because in about three four hours I was needing to get to the airport but I was stopping by the bank needing to go to the cleaners and yada yada and the the a senator Senator Wilson was going to open up for me and we had been playing phone tag. And so I'm getting ready to run into the bank, and I just grabbed some of my information out of the car. I don't even know why I grabbed it, but I'm, I'm writing on the back side, you know, okay, go to the cleaners, do this, do that. And a lady turns, and she sees grants across, you know, what I'm looking at. She's in front of me. And she says, oh, do you know about grants? And I said, yeah, I do. And I said, matter of fact, and I handed her a flyer. I said, I'm going to Kansas City to speak to a large group. And we're kind of talking. So now the lady in back of me, she now gets into the conversation. And again, this is how much, April, when you're just operating in your passion, mm-hmm. things will happen. It's almost like the way I look at it, God is playing chess and makes you move <laughs> right now. So right. But we've got to move, me, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she gets in the conversation, and, and um, she says, did you say you're going to Kansas City? And I said, yeah, I am. And, and, but I've been trying to reach the Senator uh, Wilson. And she said, Senator Wilson? And I said, yeah. And she says, hold on a moment. And April, she pulls out her phone. And, <laughs> no way. And she says, Auntie, hold on a moment, and hands me the phone. Oh, wow. And it is Senator Wilson, who I have been playing phone tag with. So what I'm saying to you and your audience is, stop worrying. Stop worrying about, can it work? Stop worrying about where's the funding going to come from or what do I do next? Just start your planning and development. Just start moving. And mm-hmm. I also coach people about, don't write in notebooks and leave it there. You know, put it on the wall and start doing your planning and development, and it'll constantly be in motion instead of mm-hmm. sitting stagnant in a book. And oh, when yeah, you do I still that, have that on my wall to this day. You'll see papers and sticky notes on my office wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, were you doing that before we started coaching? Right, right. And I still uh, have it to were this you? day. <laughs> well, I was, I was asking, were you doing that before we started coaching? Um, you know what? I had a lot of my stuff in my journals and notebooks and Excel spreadsheets, you know, on paper. Yes. But see, when you have them places like that, they won't connect. Right. You've got right, to bring them out right. and start putting them up there, and that way it'll stay in motion, and then it will start to happen. And that's what I'm saying to you about just being in that line, because I'm always planning. I'm always moving things around, but I visually see it. 
and that way it won't go stagnant, and, and it'll tell you what next to do. You know, it'll start lining up for you which program should you be focusing on because the blocks will start lining up in that area. Your notes on your wall will start lining up in that mm-hmm. area. The, the people that you meet at conferences and when you're just talking to someone, it'll start lining up, and it'll start leading you down the path for the journey that you should be on at that time. And I used to, April didn't believe that it happened that way until it started truly happening that way in my life. Right. And that has to do with your brain Yeah, right, you know. Yeah. When you put put something in focus that you can visualize on, I think it's the reticular part of your brain where it just sees that, like you said, it, it sees it and it goes after ways and methods of, you know, to ways to manifest it, basically. It's how your brain right. works. Right, right. It just happens. Yeah. So listen to this. Let's take our break. And when we come back with Sharita Herring, um, we'll address more of the differences of the for-profit and non-profit. And one very important question I always get, since I do have my nonprofit Joy's Gift that Sharita helped um, establish, is, you know, can nonprofits make a nonprofit, as, as the word says, well, if it's nonprofit, how do you make a profit? So I'd like Sharita to answer <laughs> that when we come back from our break. Okay. It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Joy's Gift is a 501c3 nonprofit that empowers women and youth to transition from tragedy to triumph, from loss or sexual abuse. Our program emphasizes a foundation of developing true self-mastery of independence. Our services provide a support system and infrastructure of wraparound resources for services focused on mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. Restore someone's hope, love, peace, and help them develop self-mastery of independence by sharing your gifts with Joy's Gift at www.joysgift.org. That's joysgift.org. Our world is shrinking. We get information across the planet as fast and as easily as across the street. Lately, it seems as if none of it is good. The world has become so addicted to negativity, fear, drama, and our kids are learning fast. Are you worried about your teen? Do you know where they are, who they're with, and what they're really up to? Power of Peace Radio tackles real issues that are changing the minds of the next generation. Get involved in the conversation on Monday evenings with Kit Cummings. Pop Radio is about interrupting and redirecting those who are on a dangerous course and bringing light into dark places with powerful topics and real stories. We bring hope to those who need it most. Because hope is the new dope. Power of Peace Radio, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The pressures of work, home, and personal life exerts its toll on us on a daily basis. Yet, it feels risky to let others see what lies beneath the facade, let alone talk about it. What would be possible if we could connect with each other at a deeper level in the place where our shared humanity lies? Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadek to discover how to do this in your own life. 
Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is Ford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. We have one of my personal business mentors, Sharita Herring, and she has coached and mentored top global leaders, celebrities, and athletes. And Sharita, I wanted to ask you this you know, question that everybody always asks, since I personally do have both a for-profit and a non-profit. You know, can non-profits make a non-profit? Can you explain that? Can non-profits make a non-profit or can they make a profit? Can they make um, a profit? Yeah. Oh, yes. They definitely can make a profit. See, people don't see non-profits as a business, but they are. They're a corporation. And in order to to pay their salaries, to uh, either buy a building or lease equipment, whatever, they must be making a profit. Right. And so, and they're not limited by how much of a profit they can make. Now, I don't know how much longer they're going to be a nonprofit, but the NFL is a nonprofit, mm-hmm. and I mean they make you know off the Super Bowl alone, I think they make over two hundred million or something. And see, and there are different kinds of nonprofits from a C three all the way to a C twenty nine. A lot of people don't realize that many funeral homes are nonprofits, credit unions are nonprofits, hospitals are nonprofits unless they say privately owned. Mm-hmm. Really, schools, public schools, even though they don't they don't have to have a nonprofit status because they're a government entity. But what funds them is the state and federal funding that comes through that people don't realize are grants that fund the public schools, the reason why people do not have to pay. And that's why sometimes programs are cut because funding has been cut. So there's a misconception, April, of what nonprofit is or what it looks like. Nonprofit does not mean you can't make a profit. Nonprofits are... are, um, they're like a for-profit has shareholders and, and all of that and stocks. Uh, a nonprofit is a non-stock corporation. So at the time when it was formed and because the entities that formed it were looking at, okay, profit companies with shares and stocks and, and a, a tax-exempt organization that will not have shares and stocks. So that's where the name came from for it being a nonprofit. Right, but and I think you can make a, a profit. Point. Yeah, you bring bring up a good point that even though it's a quote unquote nonprofit, it is still a business, but it just provides a charity. And I think people do have that misbelief or misconception that oh, it's a nonprofit, so you can't make any money. 
and that's that, or they they've heard that okay, well, I got a grant, and they said that I, the grant has to be gone at the end of the year, and so they picture that being that they have to they're either going to be broke or in the you know or under mm-hmm. broke, which is in the red. Well, no, right. because you can have multiple funding streams coming in. It's just that grant funder, if their dollar, because see their return on the investment, April, is that they get the write off, and and that's why they give to a tax exempt organization. So if it needs to be spent by the end of 2015, they want to make sure it's spent by the end of 2015. But that doesn't mean that maybe there are two-year funding cycles, so just the first year's funding needs to be spent going into the next year. Or you also have another grant that you receive for a different project, and that's 200000 And you've got another grant that came in at a different time, and it's 65000 So you have multiple streams of income. So that's a misconception when people think that a nonprofit must be at zero at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you, you know, can you explain to our listeners how would a for-profit collaborate with a nonprofit? Well, uh, one simple thing. April, have you ever bought Girl Scout cookies? Oh, yeah. My, my daughter used to be in the Girl Scouts, so her freezer would be okay. stocked with supplies. And, and those cookies make millions for the Girl Scouts, right? Right, right. But people don't think about who's baking the cookies. That's a collaboration between for-profit and non-profit. The, the bakery that is behind baking the cookies for the Girl Scouts is a Keebler affiliate. That's a for-profit. Oh, okay. So, see, there's things that we do every day that we just don't think it through, but it's a for-profit, non-profit collaboration. Mm-hmm. And is that for-profit getting paid well to bake those cookies? Of course. Right. Mm-hmm. Is the Girl Scouts making millions off of the cookies? Of course. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, are the grants only for the nonprofit, or can individuals and profit companies also receive grants? There are very few grants are for individuals or for profit because remember, grant funders are investors. They're just investing for the tax write-off. If they if you're if they don't give to a tax exempt organization, they don't get their return on the investment. So, when a for profit and non profit collaborate, yes, a non profit can get grants to pay for services, and they can get services from the for profit, and that's how a for profit is paid through a non profit. You okay. see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I receive a lot of your your wisdoms and, you know, golden nuggets that you're teaching now to our audience because, you know, like being through your program and your coaching and your mentorship, what are some of the other misconceptions that or myths that you'd like to clear up or the, you know, some of the top two or three, maybe five questions that always come up and it's, it's inaccurate? Well, someone just uh, asked me, I was coaching at, um, at CEO Space. I was uh, coaching. I didn't make it to the last forum, but she called, and she was talking to me, and she said, well, Sharita, I have a for-profit idea and a non-profit idea, and someone told me, they said, well, you don't want to go non-profit because you don't have startup funds yet to start your non-profit, and you've got to have that first before you start a non-profit. So she went on and on and on, and I said, well, tell me this. You're talking about starting a new for-profit business also. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she said, yeah, and I said, do you have your startup funds to start that? And she went silent. Uh, no. <laughs> the show was and, and she said no. And I said, well, did you ask them why? Then why would they say one, no to one but, no to, but not no to the other? It's the exact same thing. It's just right. a different funder. 
Right, you're raising capital see, for profit. And you're raising, and in the nonprofit arena, when you say capital, oftentimes that may be bricks and mortar for a building or rehabbing a building. See, you've got to know the language also. Mm-hmm. In the nonprofit arena, you call it, you're either fundraising or you're going after grants or you're raising revenue. But if you just say capital, that can mean something different in the nonprofit arena. So that's why I'm saying just, that's why I write this article called The Nonprofit, nonprofit The Stepchild of Business, because that person that was advising her was advising her wrong because of a misconception or belief that they had about the nonprofit arena, but it's a corporation. Any corporation, when you start it, you want to try and have some startup funds. And so there's just a misconception. People, there's just sometimes straight out lies that people tell on the nonprofit arena. So what advice would you give to that lady of, you know, it seems like she's still in the early stages of trying to develop, you know, she knows what her passion is. She knows what her product or service or whatever she wants to pursue. How do you direct her as far as, okay, go down the for-profit avenue or starting a nonprofit organization? It, it, it depends on what you are doing. See, everything that she was doing had to do with youth and empowerment and a, a, mm-hmm. and a mm-hmm. educational program. Well, if the largest businesses for education across the globe deal with nonprofit funding, mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you, as a small business, do the same thing? Right. Her, her, it would be best for her to first start her nonprofit because most investors, how many investors, April, do you know, uh, uh, angel investors, they want to invest in an educational program? Oh, there's, there's tons. Huh? There, there's a lot for education, education and development and job training. Well, most most investors will fund for and maybe an app or something to do with education. Right, right. But for them to fund an an after school program, most angel investors don't fund that kind of project because they know that grant funders fund that. Oh, okay. So when you say which one should someone do do first, it depends on what their focus is on whether they should start with a nonprofit first or a for profit. Right. See, it is not just a a yes, no answer. It depends on what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a good point. Like you said, it's what's the end goal and what's really, you know, before you determine, okay, I'm going to turn left to go down this path and doing a for-profit or turn right to do a non-profit. It's like, what's your end goal? And then um, have a coach or a mentor who knows both avenues to best direct you. Because like you said, who gave her that advice of you you needed capital or you needed startup funds to start a nonprofit first. And you need it for either or. And the good thing about it, (laughs) people think that when you have a nonprofit, see, you can go after the exact same funding. Now, like I said, there probably aren't as many angel investors for that kind of project, but she can go after a bank loan, use her credit cards, friends and family, the same thing you do as a for-profit. It's just people, at the moment that they think nonprofit, they instantly think, oh, I need a grant writer. That's the very wrong thing to do at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. You're starting a business, a corporation, and you want to have the same mindset as when you're starting a for-profit. You just have access to funding that most for-profits can't go after. Right, right. But so let's do this. Starting, let's, mm-hmm. let's take our break. And when we come back, I'd like to have Sharita speak more on tying your passion 
with, you know, your profits and more of the misconceptions with the nonprofit arena. And when we wrap up in our last segment coming back, I'd like for her to share some of her um, latest events and how you can find out more of her, her personal work. Thank you. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Has life ever thrown you a curveball called challenges? Or maybe even a boulder called adversity? You are not alone. How to Rise Above Life's Challenges with Grace, Gratitude, Love, and Joy is about finding the gold in life's challenges. April J. Ford shares how tragedies from her past taught her the alchemy of adversity. Who we are inside and the way we handle the challenges we face is how we transition and transform into who we are truly meant to be. Pick up your copy today at www.feeljoyagain.com or by clicking on the link on the You Are Not Alone show page. When you make decisions, do you ever find yourself in doubt? Are you trying to figure out what's right with you? Are you ready to truly change your life? Listen for the Access Consciousness Radio Show with the founders of Access Consciousness, Gary Douglas and Dr. Dane Here. Consciousness is all about including everything and judging nothing. Our program will help you break free from your personal limitations and enhance positive change in all areas of your life. Tune in to Access Consciousness, Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What makes you the best you can be? Is it money? Is it success? Maybe it's love, a good career, home and family. Could it be a bit of all of these things? Be the best you can be with Dr. Linda Sanicola, along with her featured guests, will bring you the tools that could be the answer to the questions you've been asking. You'll get to the root of some of the problems that have been keeping you from being the best you can be and tackle them head on. Listen every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned into You Are Not Alone. To reach April J. Ford or her guest on today's program, you may call in to 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. If you'd rather send April an email, her email address is apriljford at joysofyah.com. Now, back to You Are Not Alone, How to Rise Above Life's Challenges. Welcome back. I'm your host, April J. Ford, and we've been speaking with Sharita Herring, and she has you know, established for the past 20 years over 600 businesses while raising over $30 million in funding. She has been honored and featured with some of the great you know, top Renaissance women in the world, just to name a couple, including the First Lady Michelle Obama, Maya Angelou, Coretta Scott King, and the list goes on and on. And before we went on the break, we were speaking about the misconceptions of, you know, which direction to go if you want to establish a for-profit or a non-profit um, organization. And Sharita, can you expand a little bit more on... You know, are you really limited on how much you can make as a nonprofit since in the previous segment you basically cleared the misconception that, you know, just because you have a nonprofit does not mean, you know, you can't make any money from it? 
Well, no, absolutely not. Matter of fact, I just was teaching a class a few weeks ago, and I was showing how a nonprofit in, in uh, right outside of Boston had a seven million dollar project to build out their youth camp with more than I think three tennis courts, basketball court, uh, eighteen thousand feet of uh, beach housing. Mm-hmm. That's a nonprofit. Or there's another organization, uh, and they uh, have a uh, from a movie theater to a gym, uh, and it just all kinds of uh, activities. And it was a thirty-six million dollar project. Again, April, it's about what you're doing and who you're serving, and whatever it may cost for you to be effective, that's just what it costs. Right. So that's right. why I'm saying there's a misconception about what a nonprofit looks like, what it can do, how much it can make. Even people think that, you know, I've seen people get upset that, you know, some nonprofits, maybe their executives are in six figures. Well, wouldn't it look a little ridiculous to have an $8 million organization <laughs> and the executive only makes 75000 a year? <laughs> you know, yeah. Your, yeah. your salaries are based on the operating budget of the organization. Right, right. And still, you know, like you said, it's the product and or service that's still being provided to the charity that they're serving. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. And how would you explain if people say, oh, it's harder to operate a nonprofit compared to a for-profit? It's only because of lack of knowledge. It's like if someone starts to to open up a grocery store and they've never ran a grocery store. So they may not know about inventory control and supervising the staff and all of that. You've got to know what you're doing. But as far as that's what, it's no different than running a for-profit. People think that the paperwork is different once you're operating and all that. That's Mm -hmm. not true. They think that it's a whole lot more paperwork per year than a for-profit. No, it depends on what your organization is doing. A grocery store is going to have a whole lot more paperwork and tracking every month than an IT consulting firm. Right. So it just depends on what you're doing, on whether it's going to be harder. But it's not that you're a for-profit or a non-profit. It's the industry that you're in. Right. And let's go back to, you hit on a point earlier when it comes to salary, and that's also another misconception in the for-profit, the non-profit world of, you know, you're not yeah. supposed to get paid. But is there really amount of, let's just say, if you receive grant dollars that you receive even for a salary for a non-profit? Well, the grant is funded based on what you wrote in the grant. See, people have it backwards. They think that when you get a grant, then the grant funder tells you what to do. No, Mm -hmm. you write the grant with your program design, the salaries, how much equipment you need, whether you're needing a a facility uh, uh, space and how much that's going to cost. And if they approve it, then that's what you're funded for, the salary and everything. But people that have in their mind, oh, you get a grant, then the grant funder tells you what to do. No, they funded what you wrote, your design, your salary, your program salary, your equipment costs, your travel expenses. Your, you know what I mean? Right. And so, why do you think that is that people have such a, um, I don't know how to call it, but they just have a bad taste in their mouth when they hear that, you know, the the board or the executives in a nonprofit world receive a salary? Well, because, again, if someone's not talking about it every day, then people aren't learning about it and hearing about it and believing in it. See, 
you don't hear economists talking about the impact that nonprofits have had mm-hmm. on uh, the United States and the world. So because people who they look up to and believe are not talking about it, they don't believe that it can happen. But it doesn't mean it's not happening. See, in the worst part of this down economy, from 2007 to like 2011, if not uh, further in, John Hopkins did a report, and the nonprofit arena held down our economy. It says here, and I wrote it in one of my articles, that the U.S. Uh, the, the the nonprofit sector has been supporting the U.S. economy for the past decade, generating wow. over 1.9 trillion annually. See, but no one talks about that. No one talks about April that when, while the for-profit arena was laying off by 3.3% or something like that, nonprofit jobs were increasing by 2.5. So because people aren't hearing that, as far as those that are in the for, and it's not that it's not being said, it's just the moment someone hears grant or nonprofit, if they're watching television and they're not in that arena, that's when you get up and go to the restroom or run to the kitchen (laughs) and get your snack. Right. So they're talking about it. You just don't listen to it. Right. I bet now, April, since you and I have met, you hear more about grants and the nonprofit and the impact than any other time because now your ears are tuned in. Right. And I'm more aware. And like you said, it's bringing the awareness first, such as a platform like this, to provide exactly. the education it's- and knowledge. It's almost like, uh, you know, a car that you had never seen before, and now you bought it, you drive it off the showroom floor, and the moment you drive it off, you see that car everywhere. Right, right. But you hadn't even paid attention to it before. That's that's why I call it nonprofit, the stepchild of business, because people have a higher expectation of it, but they want to do less for it. They treat it like it's nothing, even though it's, it's, it's the one that's cleaning up the house, Right, you know, right. I mean, so, it, they treat it. It's, they treat the industry like it's the stepchild of business. Right, I, to- I totally agree. So, Sharita, in our last um, few minutes here, it's been an honor and a privilege, and um, wish we had a little bit more time. But in just you know thirty to forty-five seconds, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Well, I'd like for them to to stay connected, for them to be able to receive the free grant info that we send out. So. Um, they can go to my website at kifoundation.org and get that information. And second, just just open your eyes and ears. You know, I hope that after today, April, that I have supplied them with a different set of eyes and ears so that they will hear the language mm-hmm. and the echo of the impact of the nonprofit arena and see the visions that are happening all over the world that the nonprofit arena is doing and creating. And the, the pictures are beautiful. The colors are just bursting. Mm-hmm. If they just turn on a different set of eyes and ears. All righty, everyone. I'm April J. Ford here on Voice America with You Are Not Alone. I share my story and this show so that others can share their stories and have their glory. So that others don't have to experience the extremities of what I face, but would be able to take the fruit of my adversities and prosper with it. I give my permission to allow people to borrow my belief and faith. I give my love and light so that others can illuminate theirs. I share my joys and blessings so that others can share theirs and to let others know you are not alone. There's gold to be discovered in our challenges. Know that you're not alone. Get inspired, uplifted, and empowered every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Pacific, here on Voice America. We appreciate your joining us this week for You Are Not Alone. 
Please tune in for another edition with host April J. Ford next Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We can't wait to talk again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.